right now. Joining me now is the niece of former President Trump, Mary Trump. Uh, Mary, great to have you back on the program. Really appreciate your time. Uh, you, you heard what uh, the president was saying last night at this fundraiser in California, seizing on what Donald Trump has been uh, talking about recently. And, and these, I just wanted to get your reaction to what Trump was saying on Fox the other night, a dictator, but only on day one. What was your reaction when you heard that? Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. It's great to be back. Um, yeah. We need to take Donald at his word uh, to a certain point. Uh, we can ignore the second half of that statement. Dictators, last I checked, don't stop being dictators. Um, and he has every intention of destroying American democracy. And it, we need to be clear why. Uh, it's entirely for his own benefit. Nothing about this is ideological. So in that context, it was, a, it was really um, heartening to hear President Biden be so direct about what's facing this country. I agree that it is too early uh, to assume that people are paying attention and we don't want that argument to get normalized, which has been part of the problem the last seven years. Uh, almost everything Donald does seems to be normalized, but we've seen what he's done in the past. And I think what he's starting to do now is push the envelope and get people familiar with the concept of his dictatorial tendencies so that they just write it off the way they've written off all of his other egregious anti-democratic behaviors. Yeah, I mean, that, that uh, leads me to this question, Mary, and that is, I mean, do you think Trump would stop on day one? I mean, to say he would only be a dictator on the first day, I suppose if you're the dictator on the first day, you could say, well, tomorrow I'll be dictator too, because you're the dictator at that point. I mean, what do you think? Does he stop on day one? Every day from then on will be day one. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Uh, he has no intention of stopping. He knows why he needs to get back into the White House. Those reasons won't disappear on a day two or day 100. So we have to take this threat incredibly seriously. And part of that threat isn't just Donald's rhetoric. It's the reception that rhetoric receives. We heard the laughing and the cheering in that audience. We hear what his sycophants and enablers like Sean Hannity and like practically every single elected member uh, in Congress who is a Republican is willing to put up with, is willing to allow, and is willing to support. And, and Mary, I mean, I, I'm sure you've been paying attention to all of this too. I mean, Trump and his aides have been giving us a, a sneak preview into what he is planning if he's uh, put back into the White House, including uh, mass deportations, a Muslim ban, uh, mass firings in the federal government, going after the press, and so on. Um, what do you think a second Trump term would look like? I, quite simply, and not, not at all hyperbolically, it would be the end of American democracy. America would become a leading autocratic nation in the world, and we would be, therefore, emboldening countries like some of those you mentioned earlier, North Korea, China, but also the pro-autocratic tendencies of countries that haven't entirely lost their way, but, but are well on their way to, like Hungary and Turkey. So it would be absolutely disastrous, not just for the future of American democracy, but the future of the Western alliance and uh, global liberal democracy. So I don't think we can... Uh, overstate just how incredibly dangerous a 
second Trump administration would be. Uh, and we need to start preparing the ground for making those arguments now. And, and Mary, I know that you have spent some time trying to think about what's going on inside uh, your uncle's head, uh, as difficult as that might be. But when he uses language like vermin uh, to talk about his political opponents, I was wondering what you thought of that. Well, it's all of a piece with, with how he's always behaved. The difference now, of course, is that he his target audience is just getting bigger and bigger. And the amount of power he has is increasing. I mean, Jim, if you had told me in December of 2020 that things would be worse now than they were then, or that Donald would have more power now than he had then, I wouldn't have believed you because it was just utterly unthinkable. So look where we are. He uses that kind of rhetoric because he knows it plays with his base, but he also uses it because he doesn't care about other human beings. And we cannot afford to continue to place people like that in power because the, the stakes are just too high and the consequences would just be too devastating. And I'm sure you saw this. Axios uh, was reporting earlier this week that Trump is likely to elevate you know, some of his key loyalists put him back in the administration, people like Steve Miller, uh, Steve Bannon, uh, Cash Patel, uh, potentially putting some of those folks in cabinet positions. And they're parroting Trump's anti-democratic rhetoric. I want to play a little bit of this uh, for you and get, get you to respond. We will go out and find the conspirators, not just in government, but in the media. Yes, we're going to come after the people in the media who lied about American citizens, who helped Joe Biden rig presidential elections. We're going to come after you. Uh, Mary, do you think these are empty threats? Cash Patel talking about we're going to go after the media? No, not at all. I mean, Donald's been doing, promising to do that uh, for years, if not decades. Yeah. Anytime anybody in the media slightly criticizes him or isn't willing to tell his line, he's threatened them. The difference now, of course, it would, be, it would come with power uh, to enact those kinds of threats. But also, they've learned a lot. And we, we can't forget that. These people made a dry run for an insurrection. It didn't quite succeed on January 6th, but it's still unfolding. We don't yet know if the attempted insurrection on, that started on January 6th, or I should say a few months leading up to January 6th, we don't yet know if it's been successful. So we can't pretend that this is these are empty words and empty threats. Uh, we cannot put anything past these people, Donald Trump and Everybody he surrounds him with, including fascists like Stephen Miller and Steve Bannon, are willing to do anything they have to do or feel they have to do in order to stay in, in power, no matter how illegitimately they seize that power. And what did you think when you saw the um, Wall Street Journal poll that came out today? Our Kevin Liptak was talking about it a few moments ago. I mean, Trump ahead of Biden at this point. Yes, it's only four percentage points. Yes, it's we're way out in front of the general election next year. Uh, polls can go up, polls can go down, and so on. But the staying power of your uncle in all of this, after everything that he said, talking about being a dictator and so on, on day one, does that surprise you? It, it doesn't surprise me. And, and I, I think sort of one of the taglines of Donald's ascendance in American politics is, it doesn't surprise me. That doesn't mean it isn't shocking. Uh, it's shocking, it's demoralizing, and it's it's a pretty devastating commentary on a significant portion of the American electorate. 
And I think part of what we need to do and part of the reason I think that President Biden's statements about Donald's attacks on democracy are so important is because we need to start educating people about what it would mean if we lost democracy. Uh, and I, I think right now, not enough people understand what what is at risk here. Uh, and, you know, I try to comfort myself by repeating that it's many, many months out, but it is a little bit hard to square the fact that people seem more concerned about Hunter Biden's indictments than Donald's in much more serious indictments and charges. Yeah, Mary, did, I do want to take a break in just a moment, but did you think Trump would, would still be on the political scene at this point? Like when he left office in, in 2021, did you think, okay, that's it, he's done, no more of this. Did you expect him to be on the political scene the way he is right now, uh, running to get back in the White House and, and having a, a very decent shot at it? Um, I think for maybe uh, two weeks after 20, the 2020 election was called, uh, I sort of let my guard down. But then as soon as the big lie started uh, gaining steam and other people, including pretty much the entirety of the Republican Party, started perpetuating it, and then, of course, January 6th, I knew that this would, I knew we would, would come to a place like this because Donald has too much at stake in terms of whether he goes to prison or becomes bankrupt. And he has too many people helping him. So why wouldn't he try to get into the White House again? Right. All right. Uh, Mary, if you don't mind, stay with us. Uh, we, we do need to sneak, uh, sneak in a quick break. We'll talk to, uh, to you about it on the other side, uh, some of his legal uh, problems that he's been going through. We'll get to that in just a moment. Stay with us. We'll be right back. He reviewed fully the documents that this horrendous attorney general put forth, and he found absolutely no fraud, accounting fraud of any kind. Uh, this is a highly respected man. I don't know him, but he's a uh, expert witness, and he found no fraud whatsoever. He found no accounting fraud whatsoever. And like everyone else, he said, what are we doing here? What are we doing here? This is a political witch hunt. And we're back with Mary Trump uh, to talk about uh, her uncle's uh, legal problems that he's in the middle of right now. Uh, Mary, I, I did want to uh, bump in uh, from our commercial break with that audio because you, you hear uh, your uncle there talking about this civil fraud uh, trial that's underway in New York. He's expected to testify on Monday. He's been sort of repeating the same excuses over and over again, saying that the, the banks weren't cheated, the banks were very happy with what he's done and, and how his businesses are great and so on. But at the heart of this case is how he and his company are, are accused of inflating uh, the value of various assets uh, in his uh, empire, his business empire, his real estate empire. Um, I, I'm just curious what you think about this, Barry. I mean, how important is all of this to him? And I mean, what do you think about the very real possibility that, you know, his businesses could just go up, you know, in smoke, uh, depending on what this judge decides to do? Well, first of all, uh, what, what Donald does not seem to understand, uh, his expert witness notwithstanding, is that as far as I'm aware, um, I'm not a lawyer, but as far as I'm aware, the matter of whether or not fraud was committed has already been adjudicated by the judge. Right. And he's the only one whose opinion matters here. Uh, but because this is 
so important to Donald. He's going to keep pushing that narrative. Uh, in fact, I, I think we can say safely that there is literally nothing more important to him, uh, certainly in terms of his, his legal woes, than this civil trial in New York, because it gets at the heart of everything uh, he's pretended he was for his entire life, uh, a loss here, um, despite the serious financial implications, which are, are, of course, extraordinarily important to him. But a loss would also mean that uh, it has finally been proven, uh, if not to him, at least to many other people, that he is not now and never has been anything he's claimed to be. He's not a, a business savant. He's not a brilliant entrepreneur or a phenomenally successful real estate developer. He's a fraud who was enabled by my, my grandfather for his an entire adult life, who essentially will be known as the one person most responsible for squandering his father's very real empire, which Donald had absolutely nothing to do with building. Hmm. And uh, Mary, I'm sure you've been following this as we have as well, but all through these uh, trials and, and the, the process of uh, these court cases that are um, on the horizon for Trump when it comes to January 6th, uh, whether it's the federal case, the one down in Georgia, the documents case, one of the, I mean, one of the through lines in all of this is how Trump has been going after judges and prosecutors and the special counsel, and he's even talked about the clerk in the New York civil fraud trial. What is going on there? What, I mean, what are your thoughts on all of that? I mean, is this, this is just who he is. This is what he does. It's who he is and it's what he does, but we also need to be very clear. The reason he gets away with it and continues to do it is because he's allowed to. Nobody else, nobody else in his position would be allowed to continue attacking people, endangering lives of people, and he has actual power. You know, if 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 an average person on the street was in this kind of legal jeopardy and started attacking court officers, they don't have millions of people hanging on their every word. We have court officers and prosecutors and families getting very serious death threats because of Donald's rhetoric. And I mean, at this point, we need to be very concerned about stochastic terrorism. And yet, nobody is willing to rein him in, and I believe Part of that must be because they want to preserve the case, uh, sorry, protect the case from, from his inevitable appeal. But it's still incredibly uh, galling that he is allowed to behave this way because it is so dangerous. And it just shows you what a double standard there is when it comes to justice in this country. At the end of the day, Mary, what, what do you think happens? What what I know it's hard to predict things this far out, and, and your uncle, despite what folks might want to say about him, he has defied predictions over and over again. How does, how does this country weather this storm? Does it weather this storm? Or does Trump get back into the White House and win and make these cases go away? What do you think happens? Um, well, I, I think it is almost certainly inevitable that he will be the Republican nominee um, barring unforeseen circumstances. So, you know, it will be a contest again between President Biden and Donald Trump. Uh, so given that, I think it's going to depend uh, in part 
on the legal calendar. You know, when he has to show up, uh, when which trials are, are going forward. Um, but I think at the end of the day, unfortunately, uh, too much time was allowed to pass. Too much has been allowed to get normalized. Too many lies have been injected into the bloodstream of the American voter. So way too many people think that Joe Biden didn't win legitimately. Way too many people uh, don't take January 6th seriously anymore. So we have a lot of work to do. One, educating people and two, just kind of getting to the basic work of protecting democracy and helping people understand uh, just how unbelievable it is that we're even at this place. The idea that somebody like Donald Trump got elected once is bad enough, um, but the idea that he could be elected again is something that no American should want. And I think we need to make the case that this would be bad for all Americans, except those Americans that Donald chooses to enrich and empower with a second administration. I think also though, we need to be um, very honest about one of the biggest reasons we're here. This, is, this has been decades in the making between gerrymandering and voter suppression and voter subversion. Uh, you know, Democrats have to outperform Republicans in very significant ways and that cannot continue. It is unsustainable that every election in our lifetime be the most important election in our lifetime. It is unsustainable that every election is a, is a choice between saving a dem American democracy or falling into an autocracy. Uh, so uh, hopefully we can get that message out because uh, Donald is, is good at very few things. One of them though is finding weaknesses in the system and weaknesses in people, uh, and he will exploit those to the fullest extent that he can. All right, uh, Mary Trump, it was great to talk to you. Thanks for giving us a little extra time in your day today. Uh, we'd love to have you back soon, but in the meantime, thanks very much. We appreciate it. Thank you, Jim.